You ever been in a crowded room and it's really loud, but all of a sudden you can hear someone say your name from the other side of the room and you look over and they're not talking to you? Does this make any sense? Or, or, or maybe for Christmas you got a new jacket and you love it and you've, it's a one of a kind. But then you start to go out and you start to notice that everybody else is wearing a blue Patagonia puffy too, right? Like, did they all get it for Christmas too? Or, or you get a new car and you start driving around and you realize, I didn't realize how many Hyundais were on the road. Why is that? You ever notice that? Well, it's interesting. There is this little pencil-sized system of nerves running up the back of your neck, your, your brain stem, called your reticulated reticulator activating system. Somebody say RAS. So your RAS is what is basically a gatekeeper to all of the sensory and situations around you. And so as you can look at this picture, that reticular formation there, size of a pencil, feeds from your cerebellum and will filter all of the thoughts that you have. So this is really one of the coolest things about how God wired us. You have on on average 75,000 thoughts a day a lot of thoughts. Now, some of us, maybe not so many, but most of us, 75,000 thoughts. And you think about all the things you see and you smell and you taste and you hear. Well, your reticulator activating system is what funnels and is the gatekeeper to let you have what you have in. This is why you can drive down the road and you can see all the blue Hondas, right? You're like, I have no idea. They even made that color. Well, now you do. They're all over the place because your brain is looking for them. Your brain is allowing those things to be seen. It's also the reason that you can have a conversation with someone, and later on you overhear that same conversation in the grocery store line, and at the restaurant, and at the Nuggets game. It's because it's on your brain, and your RAS is filtering that in. Isn't that amazing, how how God has created us? See, what it comes down to is what you're paying attention to, what you are focusing on, your brain will let more and more of that information in so you can hear it. And as you can imagine, your RAS is is very powerful. It's a very powerful thing. And ultimately, what you pay attention to will dictate and drive what you see, what you hear, and the things around you. And and as you can imagine, it can have a major impact on your relationships. It can have a major impact on your performance at work. And it can also have a major impact on your faith. See, if you're anything like me, you have these seasons in life where you just seem like things are, are, are going really well and you're growing. Anybody been there? You have a season and you're like, man, you feel like you're really growing in your faith. You're starting to to get it a little more. You're starting to live it a little more. But then you you look back maybe six, nine months later and you seem that you're kind of going the opposite direction. Like like you you were in a place where, man, you you were really plugged in. You were really growing. You you maybe were really in the word or you were really spending time with other believers. And then now you look back and you're like, man, I haven't really cracked the dust off my Bible in a while. and I haven't been to group in a while, whatever it is. Why is that? See, I think it's because we get out of rhythm. I mean, we, we all know, right? Life is a series of valleys and peaks. And so we get out of rhythm, and easily we can start paying attention to other things. They can be good things, but we're still paying attention to other things. And all of a sudden, your RAS is not allowing in. You're not focusing on the things that were helping you to grow and take steps forward in your faith. Mason King, he's a pastor in Dallas, and he says this. He says, the way that we perceive God determines how we receive God. And and the idea here is that you can come to church, you can open your Bible, you can listen to Christian songs on the radio or Christian podcasts or sermons, but if it's just kind of white noise, if it's just sort of playing in the background, you're not really paying attention to it, 
then what's it going to do? It's going to do exactly what I did when I was 15, learn how to change the oil in my car. When my dad is showing me, it's going to go in one ear and out the other, and you're going to end up spilling oil all over the driveway. You guys, anybody? You guys, every guy in the room? Seriously? Well, if you're under like 28, you just go to grease monkey. Let's just be honest, right? But the, the reality is, if we don't pay attention, we're not going to catch it. It's not going to be filtered in, and it's not going to work its way through the gatekeeper. For us to grow, we need not just to listen and not just to perceive, but we need to get to the point where we receive so we can understand what God is teaching us. And in Matthew 13, we're going to see a really cool story about how this works. In, in Matthew 13, it's called the parable of the sower. Somebody say sower. So agricultural term, it's a cool story, and it's going to help you plant your garden later when, you got, when the springtime comes. But if you have your Bibles, let's grab those. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 13. Today we're starting a new series called Parables, and we're going to start the new year off by looking at nine of Jesus' most famous and most obscure parables and try to make sense of what these parables are teaching us and what these, these parables are all about. So what is a parable? Somebody say parable. Not a parable, parable. And a parable is one of these things that they're usually short stories or comparisons. And Jesus uses these to teach us something about the kingdom of God, to teach us something about our relationship with God, and to teach us something about ourselves. And what Jesus wants to do is he wants to use these little stories or these comparisons to disrupt our thinking. He really wants us to, to like step back and, and look at it. Any Harry Potter fans in, in the house today? Whoop, whoop, like four. Got some four, yeah, like four Harry Potter fans in the house. You guys know when they're, they're, they pull the mandrakes out of the pot and they start screaming, right? Well, sometimes you have to pull out a truth and look at it from all directions. That's what these parables are all about, right? So they don't scream at you in like some terrible pitch. Go watch Harry Potter if you don't know what I'm talking about, okay? So what we're gonna see here is this, this, this collection of Jesus teaching us about the kingdom of God through parables. Now, before we start though, just a couple things to note. For one, Parables are not fables. Some, some people will think of a parable like a fable. So a, pa- a fable would be like the tortoise and the hare, right? Now, there's a cute moral to the story, but let's be real. A turtle is not beating a hare in a race, right? Rabbit's going to always win. But there's a good moral to the story. Parables are not fables. Parables are teaching us a truth. They, they're not a moral story. Others have thought parables are like allegories. You know, an allegory would be like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe from C.S. Lewis. Right? Aslan is, is Jesus, and the white witch is Satan, and Edmund is, I don't know, who do I want to point at right now? Just kidding. But, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like an allegory to life. Parables are not allegories. Parables in, in, instead are a way to see a truth that Jesus is teaching us to comparing it to something that we understand. And, and Jesus lived in an agrarian culture, so a lot of them are going to be agriculture terms or ranching terms or, or things like this. So, for instance, Jesus says this later. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field, right? And a man found the treasure. So he, he, he was filled with joy, and he went and sold everything he had, and he bought the field. So what is that teaching us? Jesus wants us to, to, to look at that and go, okay, well, that makes some sense. So the kingdom of, of heaven is really valuable. And when you find it, it's the most precious thing that you'll ever see in your life. And when it makes sense to you, you're going to want nothing more than the kingdom of heaven in your life and you're going to sell out on everything that doesn't matter and pursue that. Does that make sense? So a parable is going to give us a a 3D look at some of these beautiful truths. They're simple, but they're powerful. And so what I hope we do is over these next nine weeks is that we will lean in and not just just perceive 
but we'll receive it. We're not just going to let it go in one ear and out the other as we spill oil all over the driveway, but we're going to learn how we can turn these truths into uh, things we can latch onto and it will help us grow in our faith. Got it? Got it. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. Notice what Jesus says. It says this. That the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and the great crowds were gathered around him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. So imagine at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's built up quite a following. He's been teaching. He's been healing. He's been casting out demons. He's been doing all kinds of things, and he has big crowds that follow him now. So Jesus is a master at communication. He goes down by the water. He gets in a boat. He pushes out and creates a little amphitheater. And so everybody is listening, and Jesus is going to speak, and his words are going to be echoed off the water. And so he starts to talk a little bit. And at this point in the story, if you go back and read Matthew, his family thinks he's crazy. His followers think he's a miracle worker. The Pharisees think he has a demon. They think he's evil. And so people are just trying to figure out, like, who is Jesus? The Israelites were waiting on the Messiah, the Savior. But they thought he was going to come like William Wallace style, right? Blue paint on his face, right? Horse, you know, pitch, pitch javelin, right? Whatever that thing's called. And so they, they kind of imagine that. And so Jesus, in this perfect setting, is going to teach them a parable about parables. He's going to teach them how to understand what God is going to, what he's going to say, which is really interesting. The first parable is a parable how to understand parable. So that's why we're starting here. So notice this, Matthew chapter 13. Notice what Jesus says about the sower. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse three. It says this, and he told them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprung up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Okay, it's a new year. I want to try something new, okay? So when I finish reading a big section of text, I'm going to say, this is the word of the Lord, right? You guys know that one. And instead, we're going to answer by saying, thanks be to Jesus, okay? You guys down? You guys ready to try this? All right. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to Jesus. See, I like that. All right, we're going to try that for a few weeks and see if it sticks. All right, so imagine you're sitting on the beach, and here's Jesus, and he's teaching you about soil. And you're like, man, I, did, I do not have a green thumb. I don't have a green thumb. But he says there's four types of soil. And there's one that gets eaten up by birds. There's two that spring up but fail. And there's one that flourishes right? And you're thinking to yourself, okay, what, is this, what does this mean? Like, and a lot of times we, we look at this and we say, okay, well, Jesus is talking about uh, different kinds of people, and he is. But what I want to ask is, I want to, to see, okay, I want to challenge our thinking on how do we receive Jesus' word. I want us to see ourselves as the soil and ask, which soil are we when it comes to hearing and receiving what Jesus has to say? Okay? So just keep that in mind as we dig through this. So Jesus is, is, is challenging our thinking, and, and what he's asking is this. Are you understanding or are you just hearing? Are you receiving or are you just perceiving? Okay? So I want you to, to filter what he was saying here. When I, when I was in college, and some of you may have been like me, I was a really good test taker. Any really good test takers? 
Any really bad tests? You don't have to raise your hand. Just kidding. But I was really good at cramming. I mean, classic, right? I would cram the night before, and then I would do pretty good on the test. But the problem is, and if you were like me, how many of you know that when you cram for something, your retention rate is super low, right? So you cram, you get an A or a B plus, right? C's get degrees, right? You do, you, you do well enough, but then you don't retain any of it. So, yeah, you know, we, you do good in school, but you don't retain what you need to know. And so I think what Jesus is going to, he's going to push in on this. He's going to teach us one of the ways that God made the world to work when it comes to learning and understanding. Social science, neuroscientists have done a ton of studies on how do we learn best. You guys have probably heard of the learning pyramid and you know, there's all kinds of different things. There's, there's often been that thought was just get exposed to the information over and over again, right? The more you reread it and restudy it and look at your note cards, the more you're going to hold on to it. Memorization. There's a lot of different techniques, and for each of you, it's going to be a little different. But what social science is, is finding out that there, there is a combination effect to the way that we learn and retain so that we understand. Like you can learn anything. And cramming for a test is a good way to learn, not the best way to retain and so what, what a lot of learning theory talks about now is that it's a combination of audible, visual elements, experimental elements, but also community elements, which is interesting because 2,000 years ago when the Bible was written, it includes all four of those beautiful things for us to understand and learn. And so God hardwired us to learn a certain way, and Jesus is going to help us to bring that out so we can see and understand how we can become people who understand not just here. My first job out of college, I got a degree in finance. I know, snooze, boring. But I got a degree in finance, and I took a job working for a transportation company, and, the, and I, was gonna, I was the benefits and payroll manager. So I was going to uh, lead those departments. And our payroll, uh, our, our payroll administrative assistant, 30 days in, gets a new job. And so it's time for me to hire somebody new, but I got to learn how to do payroll all of a sudden for 1,000 employees, which was a little daunting. So I sit down, and her name was Sonia, and Sonia showed me how to do payroll, and I sat there with, took no notes, right? You guys ever done this in training? You're like, I got this. Like, I know how to use Excel, and quit, you know? And so I, I took no notes. I sat there for like 20 minutes. She ran a payroll. She's like, does that make sense? Got it. No problem. She's like, you taking notes? Right here, you know? I got it all. And so the next week comes. It's time to do payroll. Guess what I remembered? Zero, right? So I, I perceived it. I looked at it, I heard her, I, I listened, but I didn't learn, and I didn't understand. Thankfully, I could call QuickBooks online, and they told me how to run a payroll, and the more I did it, the better I got out of it, right? And, and you guys have been that way too. We've all done that in our lives, where we learn by doing. We have to, we have to hear, but we need to do more than perceive, receive or perceive, we need to receive. And so this is the way that God uh, made this to work, but also... When it comes to God's word and truth, there's a spiritual element to this. Notice what he says in verse 9. Notice this. It says this. He, it says, Jesus says all this stuff, right? If you're the sea on the, uh, on the path or the rocks or the thorns or the good soil, and then he says, he who has ears, let him what? Hear. Now, my, my guess is everybody in the crowd had an ear, right? Everybody like, I got ears, you know? But that makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense at all. So notice what Jesus is saying here. He, he's saying this, that to understand his parable. To understand God's truth, you need to have spiritual ears, and you need to have spiritual eyes. And this is why we can look at a truth of God, and that doesn't make any sense to us, because we're trying to perceive it through our world 
or our understanding or our culture. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. To understand God's truth, you need to understand how spiritual, to have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. You can understand how an engine works. You can understand how to compute complex fractions. You can learn that you need to turn up the heat and turn down the time to bake in altitude. Who learned that the hard way when you guys moved here? And still not understand the truths of God because there's a spiritual element to this. And, and one of the, the unique mysteries of the kingdom of God is that there's this up-down nature to, to God's kingdom where the first is last and the last is first and that Jesus values humility and faith like a child more than us pretending that we know everything. So how do we understand all that? We're not going to understand it on our own. We need God's help. We need the Holy Spirit to enrich the way and not let our perceptions get in the way. And so this is what Jesus is going to do in the parables, and this is why I'm excited to, to go through them. If you guys have been with us, for the last year, we've been going through a greater sermon series called The Greater Story. And we've been seeing how the Bible is telling one story from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22. And if you guys camped out with us last summer... We spent time in the Old Testament. We talked about Israel, how God rescues Israel from Egypt. He brings them into the promised land, a place that's going to be their new home, where they can build it on this new family and have this new community. And God says, listen, if you guys will will follow me, if you guys will live the way I say is best, you're going to flourish. The relationships are going to be great. You're going to have good relationships with your neighbors and neighboring nations. And if you remember, what did Israel do? Over and over they said, okay, thanks, God, but we got this, right? Hey, God, thanks, we like you being king, but no, we want our own king. Oh, thanks, God, no. We know you say that you're the only God, but we're going to instead worship the, the gods of the, the, the Canaanites because they promised to give us cool things. And all of a sudden, they, they fell into ruin over and over again, and it was because of their hard hearts. They said, God, we got this. Have we done that? Have you ever done that? Because I know I have. And so I think what God wants us to see in these parables that Jesus is teaching us is that if we can learn to understand things in Jesus' way, in Jesus' life, in Jesus' perception, then we're going to come to a truth and an understanding that is going to grow and flourish and become beautiful in our lives where we can receive and understand the truths of God. And how many of you guys want that? Because I know I do. And so this is really what Jesus is going to teach us here. So here's the question. When you think about when, when you spend time with other believers, you spend time sitting here on Sunday morning, you open your Bibles at home, you're listening to a podcast, whatever. Are you perceiving or are you receiving? I want you to ask that question as we dig through these four, um, th- these four parts of soil, four types of soil that, that he talks about. What, what's funny is the disciples, they don't understand it really either. And so notice what the disciples do. They come to him in verse 10 and they say, hey, Jesus... So why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered this, to, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven because you believe you have spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. And so he says this, for you have been given, but to them it hasn't been given. They don't understand yet. And for, the, for to the one who has, verse 12, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The idea is as you begin to understand, the more and more it blossoms and becomes beautiful. Okay, so let's look here. Let's look at these four types of soil. Notice this, verse 18. He talks about the seed on the path. Notice what he says. He says that here the par- then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes along and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. 
This is what was sown along the path. So imagine a, a, gra- a gravel path or a hard dirt path. And the, the, you imagine the, the farmer, he's got one of these like messenger bag t- type sling things that look pretty sweet. The airport, you guys have seen those, right? It's probably a Cotopaxi brand. It's all the different colors. And he's reaching in there and he's sprinkling, right? He's just spreading, just generously sowing seed, right? Wasn't efficient, but he got it everywhere. Some of it fell on this hard path and it, it was sown into the, their heart. But yet, what happens? The enemy, the evil one, snatches it away. This is someone who hears God's word, God's word but just doesn't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. It, there, there's really no foundation yet, right? The, the ground is hard and it just lands on top. There's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of reception. It's really going in one ear and out the other. And then so what the, the world does and the enemy does is he snatches it away. That's the first type of soil. The second type of soil is the seed on the rocks. Notice this. As verse 20, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. So this, this is someone who would be a believer and they would hear it and it receives it with joy. They're like, yes, I love this. This is great. God's word is speaking to me. But notice what happens but there's no root. He says, yet there's no root in himself, but it endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So this is someone who would say, yes, I'm a believer. And they love what they hear from God. But when trouble comes along, especially when it comes trouble with their faith, this is someone who, who maybe it's persecution, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm trying to live a Christian life in a non-Christian world. And that's hard to do. When trouble comes, they, they fall away. They fall back to what's easy. They, 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 they take a step back. And so they don't have a root. They don't have a foundation to really understand it. And so it doesn't grow and turn fruitful in their life. Their commitment doesn't last. That's the second type. Third type is this. This is the seed on the thorns. Notice what Jesus says about seeds on the thorns. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word, and it proves unfruitful. This is someone who would be a believer, who would hear the word of God and would say, yes, God, this is so good. I love this. Like, do this in my life. But yet there's competing values. And so they hear God's word, and God tells them, this is what's best for you. But like the Israelites, they're like, no, no, God, I, I know it's best. And so maybe it's riches or a career or success or relationship. Well, it could be a lot of different things. Health it could be anything. But it comes and it chokes out the word. That becomes first in this person's life. And so the seed fails. It does not grow because of all these other priorities. That's number three. And this one's number four, the good soil. Notice what he says about the good soil, verse 23. He says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Notice they, they've received it. They understand it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold. In another case, 60. In another case, And what he's saying is this is someone who has good soil, and when they hear God's word, they understand it, and it it works its way out in their life. They they begin to understand more. They begin to grow. Their faith grows. They begin to understand where they can teach it to other people. It changes the way that they live. Jesus says the good soil is where we all want to plant. It's where we all want to be. And God is the sower, but we are the soil, and the word of God is the seed. So here's the question. Which type of soil are you? Are you the path? Are you the dirt? Are you the hard dirt? Are you the, the soil in the rocks? Are you the soil in the thorns? Or are you the good soil? You don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to ask yourself, be serious, to, to, to look at your life this week as you go and say, which one am I? 
Like, what am I really seeing in my life? When I hear God's word, here's your test. When you hear God's word, do you receive it? Or do you go, ah, I don't know. It doesn't seem right to me. That'll tell you. When you, when you hear God's word, do you understand it? Does it make sense? Or does it, immediately does it challenge you and you, you look to other things? When you receive God's word, is your mind immediately gone to other things, priorities, work, relationships? All those are good things. But what comes first? What do you love most? And you might wonder why this is so important. Because here's the reality. If you do not let God begin to transform you from the inside out, then you're going to keep running the same rat race that you always run, and you're not going to see the growth and the change in your life that you really want to see. So Jesus wants us to take this seriously, because if we don't learn from what we hear, then we're going to ultimately experience heartburn and heartache later. Some of you might remember in Miami, there was a tower called the Champlain Tower. Here's a picture of it after it fell in 2001. The crazy thing was, it was 13 stories, and in 2018, they had an engineering study done. You guys remember this? Some of you guys remember this story? They had an engineering study done, and then the engineer said, hey, there's some major structural damage to this tower. You need to repair it. And so they said, okay, we will. They put a plan in place to actually spend millions of dollars to repair the tower. But their plan was not fast enough. They started the plan in 2018, and they hadn't started until 2021. They heard it, but did they receive it? They perceived it, but did they understand it? Because later, that tower fell, and everything was lost for those people. It's terrible. And it could have been probably avoided if they would have sped up their timeline, if they would have received and understood they need to move faster. See, what about in your life? Let's take this down to a personal level. What about in our life is Jesus speaking to us and helping us to, to understand that we have structural damage? Like the reality is, guys, we live in a broken world a world that's been fractured because of sin. And that means that we have the, the brokenness all around us. It's in us, but Jesus comes to repair that and to fix that. And his word is constantly warning us, constantly telling us, hey, watch out for this. Hey, repair that. I come to repair the structural damage. That's why Jesus came. And so when you listen to Jesus' word and you understand it and you receive it, it can help you put it into action. But if you just let it go in one ear and out the other, eventually the tower may fall. So I think it's really important that we understand what we need to do. So here's the question. What do we do with this? We might identify that you're the seed on the rock or you're the good soil, whatever. What do we do with it? What Jesus wants us to do is learn that like any type of soil in your backyard or on a farm, we need to nurture it, right? We need to clean it. You guys want to put a garden in your backyard? What do you got to do? You got to clear out the space, right? You got to go buy those nice stones at Home Depot, right? You know, do all that stuff. Get it looking good. Get some new topsoil in there. And you can plant your vegetables or jalapeno peppers or whatever, right? If you're going to do jalapeno peppers, by the way, I want some, just so you guys know. So we got to see, how do we nurture our soil? Thorny soil doesn't just get better. Rocky soil doesn't heal itself. We have to go in and clean it up and till it to make it right. So first, what type of soil are you? Here we go. You guys ready? You guys ready? We're going to have a moment of honesty where you're only going to tell yourself. Here we go. Are you the seed on the path? So here's the question. When you hear God's word, do you feel like it does something to you? Or when you hear God's word, is it just kind of one ear and out the other? Do you perceive it or do you receive it? When you hear God's word, if it doesn't make any sense, you might be the soil of the path. You might be, and if you're the seed on the path, you've got perceptions and you've got barriers that, and you're really not hearing God's word. 
And, and so what you need to do is get a bulldozer, basically, and bulldoze that path. So here's a quick note, if, you, if, you, if that's you. If you're the seed on the path, here's what I would recommend you do. Spend time around people who know Jesus. Because you've got perception. You've got understanding of life around you. And you hear the word of God, it doesn't make any sense to you. And it could be because you, you, you haven't met Jesus yet, or it could be because you had some, some difficult times at church. Maybe there's some church hurts, some bad experiences with other Christians. And so you're looking at Jesus through that filter of people that did not lead a very good example. So here's what I would say is you spend time around people who know Jesus, people who, who value their relationship with Jesus, people of faith, people who you see it in their life, people that when you meet, you go, man, there's something different about that person. They're kind, like they're humble, like they love people. Spend time around them and ask them questions. Like, seriously, the, the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life is whether you say yes or no to Jesus. It's that important. And so if you hear God's word, you're kind of like, nah, you know, I like the music, but yeah, it doesn't really matter to me. Spend time with people who know Jesus and ask the question, is this real? Is this Bible trustworthy? Is it reliable? And let your doubt lead you, lead you to a journey where you can ask those questions, Okay. So if you're the seat on the path, spend time. Yes, pull out a Bible, listen to some podcasts, get good resources. Bible Project is great, but spend time with people who can answer some questions. Notice this, seed on the rocks. Secondly, let me ask you this. Are you the seed on the rocks? Here's how you know. When you hear God's word, maybe you find it really intriguing and you like what you hear, but you have a hard time putting it in place. You have a hard time really understanding what it means. Like how does that impact your life? See, if that's you, then, then maybe you're the seed on the rocks because you just don't have a, much of a foundation yet. You don't really know what's of what God has had to say. So when you read something, it doesn't make sense to you necessarily, but you like what you hear. It's, it's intriguing to you. You want to know more, but you don't really have a foundation yet. That's because you might be the seed on the rocks. The soil is thin. And so this is you, seed on the rocks. I would say commit this year to learning. And I'm talking about learning God's word. So join a Bible study or, or, or you spend more time in the word, listen to podcasts, listen to sermons online, like actually build up an understanding and a foundation of what God's word has to say, because then you'll start to make sense of it. You'll be able to receive it and be full of joy, but then you'll also be able to say, okay, I understand now how that works in my life. When Jesus says this, that makes sense to me now. So are you the seed on the rocks? How about the third one here? The seed in the thorn. So here's the question. When you hear God's word and it makes sense and, and you like what you hear, it's intriguing, but there seems to be this disconnect from hearing it to doing it. So God, you hear God's word and God says, like, yeah, it's better to be first. It's better to be last than first. Put others first. Have faith like a child. You hear things like that. You, you hear God say, hey, it's better to give than receive. And you're like, man, I, I hear that. That sounds good, God. You know, I want to do more of that. It says, you, you know, God's word says in Romans 12, like, you know, give yourself over to the Lord and use the gifts he's given you to serve other people. And you're like, I like the sound of that. But when it comes to living it, it just, there's a disconnect. You just can't put it in place, right? You're like, I need to do that more, but I always seem to put myself first. And I need to start maybe being a little more generous, but I always seem to close hand. Well, then maybe you're the seed in the thorns. And what, what has happened is there's other things that are priorities in your life. Like the 401k, the bank account the house, the relationship, again, good things. But if they take in the place of God as first in your life, and if that is you, here's my recommendation for you. If you're the seed on the thorns, be intentional this year. Be intentional. 
to make Jesus first. Like, recognize in your life, like, I'm going I'm to actually put Jesus first, and so I'm going to start my day with Jesus, or I'm going to end my day with Jesus. And when it comes time to make a decision, I'm going to actually spend some time and slow down and ask God, God, how would you have me live? What would you have me do? So are you the seed in the thorns? See, I think what Jesus wants us to get us to is to become the good soil. The good soil that produces fruit, because here's the idea, that when we receive it, when we understand it, it begins to blossom in our lives, and we begin to understand more and more of what God has had to say. But here's the thing. If you're the good soil, and I pray that a lot of you raise your hand and say, yes, me, I'm the good soil. Don't stop digging deeper. Keep tilling the soil. Keep putting nutrients in your soil. Don't ever rest on your laurels, because we're either moving forward or we're moving backwards. This year, 2023, this could be a special year for you to take steps to grow deeper in your understanding and in your faith. So, which soil are you? Like, I I think a good thing would be to, whoever you came with today, and if you guys are here by yourself, talk to somebody else here, uh, or call a friend or family and say, hey, I was challenged today to try to figure out which soil am I, and tell them. And ask them if they see that in your life. Like, be real about it. Because God wants us to be real. If we can be real in, in, in the eyes of God to God and share our hearts and God, it opens the door for God to, to, to do things, to work, to till that soil and to help us become the good soil. So look at your neighbor and say, which soil are you? Look at your neighbor and say, which soil are you? All right, don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them yet. Here's what I want to conclude with. I'll invite the worship team back on stage. I think it's a really important thing for us to ask because as we're going to spend the next eight weeks looking at the parables of Jesus, we have to be moving from perceiving to receiving and from just hearing to learning and to understanding. And so let's start the year off right and let's start the year off strong. I was reading this week about... A, a trash dump in Dallas, Texas. Here's actually a picture of the trash dump. And this was a landfill. It was basically a landfill. It was 400 acres wide. And it was full of tires and crushed rock and trash. And it, it had been a landfill for decades. And it was just nasty. Imagine trying to plant seed on that. What's it going to do? It's not going to grow. The soil is bad. So they undertook a project to turn this landfill into what's now known as the Trinity Forest Golf Club. 400 acres. They dug it out. They put new soil in, and they planted beautiful grass seed on top. And now it hosts golf tournaments. It's one of the most beautiful courses in the country, and it was filled in on a 400-acre landfill. There's actually 70 golf courses now in the country that have been Landfills turned into beautiful golf courses. Here's the reality, and I think God's word wants us to see, is that because of the sin and the brokenness in our life, we were all like that landfill. We all didn't have the right kind of soil to understand and hear. We all didn't have the right kind of soil to see grow. But because Jesus stepped into this world for us and gave his life, because he taught us how to live, and then he rose from the grave, he gives us that power now say no to sin, to say no to temptation. He gives us the ability now to help, with his help, 
till our soil, to get rid of all that trash and those old tires and put in new grass, put in new dirt and plant beautiful green grass and see growth and fruit and beautiful realities. This is what Jesus has done for us. If you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, Jesus can do this for you. All you have to do is say yes and accept it. If you're here and you've been a believer and you've said yes to Jesus, but you're looking at your life, you're not seeing much green grass, it looks a lot like a landfill. Right now what we need to do is ask Jesus to come in and do his work on our heart to help put nutrients into our soil so that we can grow into the people that Jesus has created us to be. The beautiful reality, guys, is that Jesus wants to do something special in this community and in your neighborhood and in your workplace and this church. And believe it or not, Jesus wants you to do it. So let's be people who receive and understand. Would you pray with me?